Welcome to the South Plains Church of Christ podcast. To stay up to date on what's going on and how you can be involved, visit southplains.org. I pray that this message reveals God's truth and love to you today. Let's dive in. I'm closing out this series on hope this morning, and I'm going to start with something a little bit different. Maybe because April is National Poetry Month. Did you know that? And, uh, and all of our songs we sang are actually first poems and then put to music. The book of Psalms in our Bibles are Hebrew poems. that don't rhyme in English, but uh, you can tell the difference. So, a poem. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth and then took the other. As just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning lay equally in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in woods, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. That's perhaps the most, or at least one of the most famous poems. It's also one of the most misunderstood poems written. Robert Frost wrote it about 1916 uh, while in New Hampshire in the fall. Actually wrote it as a joke for a friend who had trouble making up his mind about which path he was going to choose to take on the walks in the woods. But the poem's really not about choosing your own pathway. People misunderstand this all the time. If you'd think about some of the key elements in it, there's a theme of indecisiveness. You might notice that the choice before the narrator are equal paths. He talks about them both being just as fair and both equally lay. And also there's a theme of regret. Then I took the other. And sorry I couldn't have traveled both. And I doubt if I'll ever come back. Likewise, there's the theme of justification, justification by lying to yourself. The narrator says to himself concerning the future, well, when I get to some point out in the future, I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, I took the one less traveled by and that made all the difference. What? This is a tricky, in fact, Robert Frost himself said, this is a tricky little poem, but it's most famous for being misunderstood and misinterpreted. It's all about choices in life and about making a choice and then lying to yourself about that choice being the better one, even though maybe not. So, Jim, why do you start with this Robert Frost poem? Well, because every one of us here this morning are on a road, on a journey. We're on a path. And the question is, is it the right path? Do you have regrets about your path? 
Are you in indecision about your path? Well, here's the truth. Every path you choose is a mission opportunity for the good news. That almost rhymed, folks. If you read Scripture long enough, you'll realize that we are called to people, not away from people. Maybe best seen in in John chapter 17 in his gospel, that Jesus' mission is all about that. He's praying for himself in this chapter. He's praying for his disciples. In fact, he's praying for all believers in ages to come. And in verse 18, he says to God, Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. Notice, to the world, not away from the world. This is the mission of God. God sends his followers to people who need good news. And that prayer statement of Jesus is the very core of Christian mission. And he follows it saying in verse 19, And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so that they may be made holy by your truth. We've just celebrated that as we've shared together in the Lord's Supper. But when we go, what do we bring? Well, we bring good news truth. So the mission of God isn't limiting bad news, usually with good intention, but you really can't limit the bad news of sin. Sin always leads to death. So our mission is to bring good news, which is through Jesus, as Josh read to us earlier, through Jesus, sin is defeated. That's the good news. If you think back to the poem, The Road Not Taken, the good news is you don't have to live with regret about the paths you take or you don't take. You simply need to choose a path, make a choice, and then honor God's mission while you're on that path. Those finishing college or maybe finishing up high school may be wondering about what career should I choose? It's, that's a tough choice. You come to this point in life and you say, well, what should I do? What path should I take? What do I do? Well, there are several paths you might choose. Many of them all have the same, uh, kind of have, are very similar and, and lead roughly to the same place. Choose a path and honor God. He is sovereign over all the choices anyway. We will have to make choices, but God is with you in whatever choice you choose. So today, in this message, it's all about that choice, that choice of being an ambassador, being on mission with God in whatever path you, or you choose to go. God is, in, God is in control regardless. And sometimes, listen, sometimes, sometimes the will of God is more about choosing to be obedient in a choice than the choice itself. In the first 12 chapters of the book of Acts in the New Testament, Peter is the central figure, but beginning in verse 13 through the rest of the book, Paul 
becomes the central figure. And so in Acts chapter 13, we're going to be looking there if you want to open your Bibles or turn on your phones or your pads or wherever you have the Scripture. Not, not that candy game, but the Scripture. In Acts chapter 13, the church in Antioch is going to send off two of its five teachers, Paul and Barnabas, out on mission. And the purpose in doing this is the, so that the good news to go, could go to all people. So the good news is now going to go to Gentiles. You remember that word? I remember Gentiles. That was, the word Gentile started out as a Hebrew word that was, ended up becoming a Latin word and finally an English word, which means, boy, that messes things up. It simply means peoples. It simply means people groups. Nations is usually maybe how it's best translated. Groups of people who were not Jews. That's what Gentiles are. Paul and Barnabas sailed to the island of Cyprus, which happens to be where Barnabas was born and grew up. The population there was kind of like the United States. It was a hodgepodge of people groups, including Egyptians, Phoenicians, Greeks, Syrians, Persians, <laughs> or Gentiles. And it was here that Paul starts a strategy that he would keep throughout his ministry. That strategy was the first thing he would do is go straight to the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue, where everyone would gather there and he would teach. And Paul, being a former Pharisee, was all about the Old Testament law. So the Jewish people would welcome him as a leading teacher. And on their journeys, they eventually land in a place called Pisidia Antioch, which is in Galatia, if you're familiar with the maps. They left from Antioch, and now they're back. No, they left from Antioch in Syria, and now they're... You understand this? Have you ever been to Paris? I have. Couldn't find the Eiffel Tower because I didn't get out of Texas. So there was Antioch in Syria, and guess what? There's Antioch in uh, Pisidia as well. So different Antiochs. They left from Syria, and now they're in Galatia. And they enter, he enters the synagogue there, and in, in Acts 13 and verse 14 and 15, after reading the scriptures, the leaders asked Paul, would you like to speak a word of exhortation? And Paul says, yeah, I've got some good news. And he proceeds to walk them through the Old Testament story of the patriarchs and the prophets and prophecies about the Messiah, and then revealing to them the Messiah is actually Jesus, whom, whom the leaders in Jerusalem crucified, but who God raised from the dead. And he's been seen by many people, and those people are witnesses to our people, Jews. Verse 32, we tell you the good news. What God promised, he has fulfilled. And it stirred up the whole town. I'm going to begin reading in verse 42. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism, Gentiles, followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. But when, but when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they became jealous, and so they slandered Paul 
and they argued against whatever he said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews, but since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and they thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. And so the Lord's message spread throughout the region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. And so they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You know, as the early church began to form, the disciples faced persecution, Acts chapter 8. And then they began to tell the good news of Jesus where they were scattered, where they spread to. They were pushed out into all these regions, and as they go, listen, as they go, they tell about Jesus. The message didn't stay in Jerusalem. It was never intended to stay in Jerusalem. Jesus pushed into Jerusalem because he went there to die on a cross. But the church moves out of Jerusalem because the message needs to go to the ends of the earth. As the message begins to spread to others, ironically, it's the Jewish leaders getting in the way, isn't it? And they're raising barriers for, uh, so people can't understand or, or hear the message. So the message is sent to the Gentiles, verse 46, and it divides people, verse 50, and they, stir, they all get stirred up and it incites a mob. So, the good news of Jesus will elicit a range of emotions. The first response you see is positive, verse 42. It sounds like a John Travolta commercial. Tell us more, tell us more. Continue in the grace of God. Grace is that undeserved favor from an unobligated giver. And one week later, the whole town regathers, and the Jewish power structure gets so concerned over the popularity of Paul and Barnabas that they begin to slander them. They can't see any other way to stop them, so they begin to slander them. You know, we are, we are blessed now. We have, uh, we have both a, a youth and college ministry who are telling their peers of the good news of Jesus. And we thank God for that. And, and they, they, find, they, find pos, they find some positive uh, uh, receptions to that. And some that's not so positive. Yeah, you know, in, in, one, in one study done, it said 80% of Americans are receptive to faith conversations, to having conversations about faith. They're willing to hear you out. In other words, they may not believe or may not agree with you, but they're willing to talk. And yet only about 2% of us ever talk. 
the good news and the Holy Spirit enables us to be bold. Verse 46, so they, verse 46 says, they responded boldly. Now, what does boldly mean? Caustic? No. Argumentative? No. Getting loud? No. But they were very clear and very definite. A simple message with profound implications. God is holy, and we are not. What's the remedy? Jesus. And you need to turn away from the old path you're on and to follow him. So when you are bold in sharing your faith, you are sharing with confidence because God is doing the work. It's not you. It's not about your salesmanship. Paul said to the Romans, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ that brings salvation. Also to the Gentiles, to everybody, he says. And so Paul responds to this agitation of the Jewish people in verse 46 and 47, saying, God has commanded us to take this offer of salvation to the ends of the earth. It's, it's a prophecy. He, he, he quoted the prophecy from Isaiah 49. God told us to do this, and we will do it since you reject it. Now, Israel, if you, read, if you get the message of the Old Testament, you realize Israel was meant to be a light a witness for God to all the nations of the world. But in this case, the Jewish leaders failed. When we choose darkness instead of light, because it's ultimately our choice to choose Jesus. Verse 46 says, you judge yourself unworthy of eternal life. That means it's your responsibility to accept the good news of Jesus. You have a choice to make, and I hope you have made that choice, or you will make that choice to accept the gift of God and follow Jesus. But whether you, whether you have or you haven't, here's my point. You can. You can, or you can reject it. You can push God's spirit away. That's not God's desire, but you can. And if you end up in eternity without God, you, you pronounced your own sentence. So let me be bold. Accept the good news of Jesus, the grace of God. Don't choose a godless eternity. Choose the life of Christ. And if you have, he will use you in his mission in this world. God uses the most unlikely of people. It's a major theme in all of Scripture. God can save anyone and work through anyone. There are some pretty bad, if you read in the Scriptures, you'll, you come, you, there are some times you just kind of say, what? What's going on here? God, there are some pretty bad people in the Scriptures that God works through. But especially the ones who admit, I'm pretty messed up, but I'm going to, Give myself to God. Verse 48, some of the Gentiles were very glad for his message, it says, and honored the word, and all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. And then in verse 49, so the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Now, what was the key in the word spreading? It's in verse 46, 48, and 49. It's the word of God, it's the message, it's the good news. So the whole town here, 
verse 50 says, gets turned upside down. The religious leaders, the religious leaders reject the good news of Jesus. And so on their way out of town, verse 51, I used to struggle with it. Verse 51 says, they shook the dust from their feet. Now, this was a Jewish symbol. Jews would do this to say, Gentile dirt is defiled. We don't want to take any of it with us. But in this case, it's just the opposite. They weren't saying something negative about the Jews, but they were reminding the Jews, okay, then, you have judged yourself unworthy of salvation. So how did they leave town? Arrogant, with their nose up in the air? Defensively, violently, argumentatively, con condemnatively? No. But with joy, it says. With joy, filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they know that God is going to send them to more people, to engage more people about the kingdom of God. And I suppose Paul is the most unlikely person if you don't know that's his story, it's in chapter 8. But he's the most unlikely person to be used by God, and here he is sharing the good news of Jesus. So, Jim, what's the point of this sermon? Well, here's the point. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I couldn't travel both. No, you can't travel both. You have a choice to make. You can't take both paths at the same time. You have a choice to make. And... I doubted if I should ever come back. Don't lie to yourself about the choices you make or the choice you have made. Don't lie to yourself about them. Make the choice to take the path of Jesus Christ. And whatever you choose to do in this life, honor God. Obey Jesus. And the truth is, He will make all the difference in your life. Be the light in the darkness. Thanks for listening. Again, I want to encourage you to visit southplains.org where you can find all sorts of information, including how to contact us and how to request prayer. Thank you for joining us.